Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Sharing Socks, the We Are Heading North to Milwaukee edition. I am Southside Socks duty geezer Lee Allen, with me my son and West Coast correspondent Will, and with us our cheesehead correspondent Jonathan Sherlucky, who is going to fill us in on the Brewers side of a weekend series that, you know, once we say this, the games are going to be 14-12, but (laughs) it's, it's on paper going to have the greatest starting pitching of any series you could ever dream of on both teams. The matchups are absolutely incredible. Uh, White Sox, of course, in the past week took two out of three from Houston, including two terrific starting pitching performances by two of the guys who will go this weekend, uh, Lucas Giolito and Carlos Rodon. Uh, Split with Minnesota and really, frankly, there was late-inning heroics, which were a whole lot of fun. Uh, only did that because Minnesota has no bullpen uh, and the comeback was, was made very possible. There's no Josh Hader on the twins. Uh, but, and so we're going to get to that series and that's what we really want to talk about. But first of all, the big news with the White Sox, White Sox fans is that you mean Mercedes, uh, we're recording this on Thursday and Wednesday said he's retiring. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, Jonathan, because yeah, you have some socks connections, and let's talk about your socks connections. What they are first, uh, and then get into what as a National League fan you see on Mercedes. What what I know you've been to a socks game because Will's bachelor party was at one. Uh, yeah, that was a fun got one. To sit there and talk to uh, Yomer Sanchez for a while. Yeah, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. And of course, living in Chicago um, and, and being friends with Will, uh, we went down to socks games all the time. 
Um, but for me, it started earlier. I was actually a White Sox fan before I was a Brewers fan, mainly because I didn't realize Wisconsin had a baseball team. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, you know, mid 90s. And, you know, you had Frank Thomas and Robin Ventura and Jim Abbott and all those guys on that team. And, uh, you know, the Brewers had uh, no one. <laughs> Well, they, you know, they would have had uh, Paul Molitor for a little bit of that. Yeah, I mean, we had Paul Molitor and Robin and, uh, you know, a couple other guys. But, um, you know, once we start getting into those late 90s teams, um, it's especially no one. switched over to the <laughs> NL, uh, there's just nothing there. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, eventually, um, you know, my brother talked some sense into me and uh, became big Brewers fan. But um, once Will and I were roommates together, um, I mean, one of the first memories I have is us, you know, uh, waiting on Ticketmaster to get White Sox World Series tickets. Um, you know, yeah, good luck. To get it back in '05, so that was that was a blast. And, and get yeah, them, uh, I we had, we had a team of about forty uh, uh, computers going for that. None of us got anywhere with it. It was pretty early in our college career. It was you yeah. know a month in. And I feel like I asked every person that I knew well enough to ask at that point to get on Ticketmaster at 10 a.m. exactly and try to do it. And none of us got through. None of us. Um, We should call this, uh, when it's sharing uh, your White Sox love, we we call it sharing socks, of course. But maybe for brewers, it's sharing your stout uh, (laughs) since since we're dealing with beer here. Uh, Oh, oh, I forgot to mention one thing. Jonathan was kind of he's the designer of our logo for sharing socks oh yeah (laughs) which we appreciate very much so to our to our six listeners including your mean if you're listening today uh if you're looking for a new yerminator logo or any logo uh jonathan has has got you he did a great logo for a sharing socks podcast it's really really awesome if you haven't seen it very cool uh so we thank you for that and uh, because he knows nothing about baseball, that's the only reason we've invited him on today. <laughs> um, but no, let's uh, let's move on to talk about your mean a little bit. I, I don't want to speculate a ton about what's going on here because we don't really know. Let's start by saying he had a very uh, cryptic Instagram post. Uh, his profile picture was gone and all photos of him with the White Sox are gone from his Instagram, which is really a mind blowing development considering where we were two months ago. Uh, and just the post El Retiro uh, question mark with a little thinking face. Uh, and then followed Retiro, up. Please. Yeah, Retiro. And then uh, uh, followed up by an it's over Instagram post. Um, you know, social media is social media is social media. So we can only take, that uh, as as important as it is but your mean is a a loud outspoken social media presence so to see him delete his past uh is is very shocking his uncle has since come out and said that he spoke with your mean and uh it has to do with his treatment by the white Sox, uh, of course being sent down but then uh, apparently he asked for a trade uh, or asked to be released, and the White Sox said, no, we're going to keep you in Charlotte. He also uh, asked for opportunities to catch at the big league level that were not given to him. Um, 
So, uh, Geezer, we'll start with you. What's what's your thoughts on on your meme? Well, I, and I and I want to get to uh, to Jonathan's because uh, as an outsider from the, the Sox family, as it were, the Sox fans, I'm sure, very. I mean, when uh, Tony Larusa was hired, I mean, it really goes back to this. Uh, most of us, overwhelming majority of Sox fans, hated that idea. A small minority love it. There is a minority of Sox fans that affix their lips to uh, Mr. LaRusso's butt, our Hall of Famer baseball person's butt, and, and will not let go no matter what happens. Uh, my own thoughts is that the whole downfall of Mercedes, and it had two things, but it started with the very famous incident where LaRusso threw him under the bus on this 3-0 count 15-4 game, 47-mile-an-hour EPIS pitch that he hit 420 feet. As if he let that one go, he was going to get a different pitch the next time. They were all the same pitch. It didn't matter whether he did a 3-0 or 3-1 or 3-2. and uh, But then not only came screaming out that he shouldn't have swung at the ball like some insane madman telling little kids to keep off his grass, but uh, telling the other team that they should throw at him, basically, to yeah. throw at his own player. Uh, insanity. Uh, but Larusa is an incredibly arrogant jerk, and it comes under that category. Now, that's not the only thing that was the downfall of your Mercedes, although they're related, because pitchers learned how to pitch better. Uh, that was working, and as a consequence, he started swinging at things that he wasn't swinging at earlier. He started swinging at bad pitches, and of course, his batting average plummeted, but it all goes back to that time. That's what we see it as White Sox fans. But Jonathan, you're sitting up there, you're Madison, you're a Brewers fan, you're paying attention to the National League. Did any of this even enter? In, yeah. Into no, it really did. It really did. Um, we, I mean, this morning I woke up and, you know, as I was paying attention to all my baseball threads, um, everyone was confused. Everyone was confused as to what was happening um, and just the total mystery around it and prospecting of, you know, why, why would he leave? Um, what's going on? And, and there was people wondering if it was lost in translation, you know, if maybe his Instagram, which was in Spanish, maybe it actually meant like just taking an indefinite leave. Maybe he's going to come back. Um, but, you know, I, I, I will say it's, I, I'm not surprised just given La Russa, and the overall ownership of the White Sox, um, La Rosa being stubbornly old school and just, I mean, he seems like a man lost in a new era, you know, like, I don't, I don't know how much he's actually coaching those guys or how much they're just going out and playing, you know, um, but there's, there's kind of multiple trains of thought going on. The one being that the La Rosa moment had a lot to do with this. And then the Larissa diehards just violently attacking everyone on Twitter who who feels that way. You can you can argue it to an extent. You can say, look, this isn't the only thing, and of course, it's not the only thing that led to it. But when you look at batting nearly 400 before the moment, and then batting 190 after that, yeah, I, I mean, they didn't figure out how to pitch him overnight. That's the thing. People are saying, oh, they figured out how to pitch him, and, and it's got nothing to do with La Russa. Well, the dude dropped off overnight. Yeah. And that doesn't tend to happen. You don't see a position player throw an EPIS pitch, a guy knock it out of the park, and then think, 
I know how to pitch this guy. Just don't throw him <laughs> Ephus pitches. He likes Ephus pitches, so let's just avoid those. Well, and you take it, take it with any other team. Put that situation on any other team and have a manager throw their player under the bus and tell another team to throw at him. Like, yeah. if Council did that with the Brewers, like, he'd, he'd be out. He'd be yeah, out. They're, they're David Stearns would have no trouble saying, okay, you're gone. Like, we don't do that. We don't want that. Um, and I, people, I don't know. People will, people will shit on us on, on the website or on Twitter for, for our stance on, on blaming LaRusa for this. And I do mostly blame LaRusa for this. And, and here's why. It, yeah, inexcusable. Um, it, what he did was completely inexcusable. We saw an instant drop off, and then the Larusa, the Larusa boneheads argue. Well, they had a great relationship after that because of the few images of them hugging or whatever. Well, we've got the image where Larusa pretends he's going to punch your mean in the face, and your mean is like ha ha ha, and everyone's like, "See, they're buddies." And I'm like, "No, that's actually toxic garbage behavior." From yeah, LaRusa. view it, view it as if uh, one of those is dealing with some mental health issues. Uh, exactly. because of a toxic work environment like yeah, then it's exactly. no longer funny haha you know put yeah, it in I, any I, other I work context the, you can see the effect even though yes they learned how to pitch him and he was swinging badly a very important part to any baseball player but i think particularly to your mean is having incredible confidence your level of confidence when you step to the plate or on the pitching rubber is all important we see we see that every day yeah, I, yeah. Talk about body language with the, with Dylan Cease of, 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 the, of the White Sox. You can tell when he's on the mound, is he going to be good or not from just the way his body moves? Oh, yeah. Well, your mean lost that confidence almost immediately. He wasn't stepping up there like a guy who's, I'm going to take you deep right now. He was stepping up there like a guy going, uh, I guess I'll find one to hit, I hope. Uh, that it was, really. It was a total shift in plate approach. When he pre, pre La Russa, incident whenever a pitch was coming in his entire body was invested in every single pitch so he was following sliders with his entire body as they went across the plate he was following fastballs up and in with his entire body after that moment he started just standing in the box and that to me was a huge sign that someone said you don't play the way you play you play the way we tell you to play and that is when the, the decline happened. And it's, it's really unfortunate. I, I think anyone who doesn't at least partially blame LaRusa for all this is an idiot. And if you're listening to this and want to come at me on Twitter for it, have at it. But you're an idiot if you think that LaRusa had nothing to do with your means downfall. And now the fact that we're not seeing your mean in. And if he did indeed say, I want to trade, I want out. Screw the White Sox for not letting him go because you can see from a mile away that he's not coming back up to the show. Even though Steve Stone tweeted today, well, they would have added two people and your means got a shot at that. Your mean doesn't have a shot at that because we we were watching Eloy Jimenez play minor league baseball right now. We watched Luis Robert get an RBI last night. Those guys are coming back. They are coming back. So I don't believe that there is a spot. Plus, we might still trade for another catcher. Uh, it's just not going to happen. You're mean. If he says, I want to trade, I say, great, buddy. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I would say we're going to look at, yeah, I mean, a trade requires two people. They have to trade with somebody. Uh, 
And that limits it to American League teams who are looking for a DH, but there are some. Uh, there are it, some, for sure. Yeah. I, I thought another final straw possibility, although it hasn't come up in anything in the past day, is that they signed, and I forget the guy's name now, but they picked up some guy for cash considerations uh, to be nothing but catcher depth in Charlotte. A yeah. guy with uh, about four major league events, all of which were strikeouts or something like that. Is that Zavala? They're bringing in another backup. No, another guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, to take away from your means time. If, if you want him to be a catcher, he needs time to catch down in AAA, although he's had some there, but he needs some more. If you're saying, you know, you don't move well to your right or whatever the hell it is, he, he needs to be somewhere where he can practice that. You know, he can throw runners out. He did that all spring training. was far better than even uh, – as Monty Grandal, let alone, I mean, Zach Collins is a joke. But they bring up Sebi Zavala. He doesn't, I mean, it's just, his treatment was, was extremely bad by this, not just LaRusso, but by the whole system. I mean, Han's responsible for, for some of this as well, I think. I'm, I'm surprised you, we didn't see more, um, you know, all-stars like Tim Anderson coming out and saying, and, and calling out LaRusso. I mean, I know after the incident, they all had his back and they're saying, you know, congrats, we'd have done the same thing, whatever. But like, were, was he that much of a, you know, black sheep in the locker room? Well, the Larissa Bonehead fans will say like, oh, the players credit Tony with all this stuff now. And, and Steve Stone loves Tony. And what do you know more than Steve Stone? Well, all of those people are getting paid by the guy who pays Tony. So... It doesn't usually happen that a bunch of players come out and crap all over their manager when they're in first place, uh, when the people signing their paychecks are the people who employed said manager. Also, Steve Stone being the broadcaster for the White Sox, highly unlikely he's going to come out and crap all over La Russa while the team is in first place. He's legitimately paid to not do that. Same with Benetti, who, who doesn't do it. I, I mean, it's just... It's just absurd. This whole thing makes me sick to my stomach. I feel so bad for Yermin. Um, I know Yermin is an emotional guy, and he's probably overreacting to some of this. I'm really glad that we're not in the place we were last night where people were saying we can't find Yermin, because uh, that had me very concerned for his, his health and his well-being. Um, you know, Yermin, I doubt you're listening, but if you are listening, <laughs> we love you, dude. We hope this gets figured out. We'd love to see you back on the White Sox. If not, I hope you do get to go and play somewhere else far away from Tony La Russa and just know that if, Japan, Japan would be good. Yeah, we we if we ever have to choose between La Russa and your mean, I'm I'm choosing your mean 100 out of 100 times. So I uh, hope you're doing OK. But let's take a break here. Um, I'm sure we'll have an update on your mean next week. And see what happens there. Uh, let's take a quick break. And we are going to come back and talk about the series we have coming up against the Brewers. Which, I mean, come on, guys. For a regular season series, this is what it's all about. This is what you great. for. And I will say, full disclosure right here, the Brewers are my second favorite team. Uh, so I am a biased against, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm very biased in thinking this series is particularly amazing. Uh, it used to be the Astros. They used to be my second favorite team, but now they don't exist. So I'm a, I'm a full-blown 
Uh, Brewers are my NL team. But let's take a quick break, and we will come back and talk about these insane pitching matchups on Sharing Socks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, welcome back to Sharing Socks. This is it, guys. This is, we're, we're living the dream this weekend. We got, we got two first place teams well ahead in first place, and they're going to treat us to... I don't know the best regular season pitching series matchups in in, in decades years. I I don't know. You That's look insane. at world World Series pitching matchups and they're almost never this good. So if uh, the over has anybody looked at the over under on any of the games? Is it like two? <laughs> I I don't know actually. I I should look at that uh, because it's it's definitely. It's going to be interesting. And as you said before, you know, there's a really good chance we're now going to look at, uh, we're going to look at a game that's 17 to 16 <laughs> and uh, that kind of thing. I remember, I think I've mentioned it on the podcast, but when that huge Chris Sale from Boston coming back to Chicago to face Jose Quintana game, and we all went, I uh, went with some buddies and uh, Eric Lachlan, who's been on the podcast, one of them, and we just all everyone was saying this is gonna be it's gonna be a nineteen inning game. It's gonna be two to one. The game was ended up being five hours and the final score was like fourteen to eleven or something like that. Sale and Quintana had both thrown a hundred pitches in the third inning and were both out by the fourth. Uh so hopefully that's not what we're looking at. But uh Geezer, do you wanna walk us through these matchups? Yeah, let's let's let me just to give you the matchups to go. Lucas Giolito. Versus Freddie Peralta on Friday night. Peralta in what was, is in what is the lousy matchup of the three? Yeah, yeah right. that's the worst one. Uh, Peralta's only a two thirty nine ERA, so he hardly counts. The big one, the really big one, and I don't even think fans of both teams look at this as game one of the World Series coming up in October. Carlos Rodon against Corbin Burns, and uh, <laughs> I look. I looked at Peralta has actually been pretty lucky when you look at his FIP is, is quite a bit higher than his ERA. Burns mm-hmm. with a 216 ERA has been really unlucky. He's got a 131 FIP. And then Sunday, Lance Lynn, who was not as sharp as usual in, in his last outing uh, on, on Monday against uh, the Twins, but got away with it due in large part to some great defensive plays, which we don't get many of. Uh, and against Brandon Woodruff with a 204 ERA. This is crazy. Tell us about these starting pitchers, Jonathan. Uh, yeah, it's it's a rotation. Uh, a lot of us Brewer fans are still in disbelief that we have. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's weird when you think about the Brewers team and your former MVP is not the best player on the team, but three of your pitchers are. Uh, and, and that's never happened for the Bunch Brewers. Four haters. Oh, oh, and, and hater, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you include that, it's unreal. I mean, the five all stars that we have. What, we're but, dealing uh, with the we're dealing with the same thing at the White Sox. We've got you know our our MVP Jose 
is is now heating up, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're we're kind of in the same spot where before the season started, we were talking about our unhittable bullpen, and now we're sitting here going, "Holy crap!" The starting yeah. rotation, and then yeah. to see the same thing happening in Milwaukee, it, it's so freaking cool. Uh, but I mean, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, I mean Peralta, you know, for a control guy like him, and, and he's been a Brewers favorite for a long time. Um, watching him come up um and, and getting some playing time uh, a lot last year and the year before um and now what he's doing um it, it's so much fun to watch and and he's such a lovable character so um he's a fan favorite we love him um i think out of he throw? Of- can you can you give us a quick bit on, on what we're going to look for in these pictures so you know i i think for him if he's on um you we could see him go mid-seventh um, you know, he doesn't throw that fast. I think he has some low nineties stuff that we'll be doing, but, um, he's one where he will be trying to make the batters chase him. You know, he'll, he'll try and throw some junk, um, at him on occasion, but, uh, you know, he's, he's fun, but of in his game, I think that's the game that could go 17 hits like potentially, or I'm sorry, 17 runs. Uh, you know, Brewers do well against right-handed pitching. We struggle against left-handed. We're okay at home, but we're actually better on the road, which is weird. Um, so for this first game, if Peralta's off, I could see the White Sox just cleaning house on him. Um, if he's on, I think it's going to be close. I think it'll be close. From our side, it's actually very similar with Giolito this year. Uh, Giolito is, is very hot and cold this year. He's, he is still our ace. I still consider Giolito our ace, even though we have two other aces now as well, uh, like the Brewers. Uh, but I would agree with you on that. I think if we're going to have a high-scoring game, it's going to be Friday night. There's going to be insane energy in um, the artist formerly known as Miller Park. And I I... I think these two teams, they play a very similar style of baseball. Yeah. Uh, they play with a ton of confidence. They play with sort of fun being the most important thing first. Uh, like when I watched the Brewers play this year, and when I watched the White Sox play this year, it almost seems like you're watching the best Little League World Series teams because the, <laughs> the excitement is there, the, the fun, the energy. White Sox fans have been showing up bringing the energy. I think Brewers fans are some of the best fans in baseball. And, you know, they will, for a first place series against the South side team, you know, they are, they are going to be there this weekend. Yeah. I think we will see full stadium uh, of fans in, at, at, at Miller Park or whatever it's called. Great family uh, insurance <laughs> stadium. I, I don't know what something that, who knows yeah, something. Um, and then that'll take us into Saturday, which gets us to Burns and Rodon. Uh, one thing Mullet to mention man. about these matchups is that the White Sox are not going to face a lefty, which traditionally is where we kind of clean up. Um, we do actually have a left-handed power bat. This is a great time to have Gavin Cheats uh, sort of figuring out the, the left-hand side of the plate for us. Uh, but we are going to face righties. You just mentioned that the Brewers don't hit lefties as well. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. No, we're great at righties. Lefties, I when we're facing them and starting pitching, I think we're ten and ten. I think we're five hundred. So cool. 
So that makes Saturday. Wait, wait, you give it because just to leave the pitching for a moment, but strangely, it's two ex-White Sox are two of your biggest hitters, Omar Navarez <laughs> and Ave Garcia, who seems to come back out of nowhere every year. In some, every some year. Place. Man, he's been fun to watch. Like, I mean, I, I know for a lot of Brewers fans, we were looking at the roster this year going, who who are these guys? Like, we don't we don't recognize any of these names. You know, where's Braun? Uh, you know, where, where's Yelich? I mean, and, and all these things. And uh, yeah, Garcia has been so much fun. And talk about just energy at the plate and what he brings to the field and to the clubhouse. I mean, it's it's wonderful. Obviously. But you guys also got our former Brewer uh, and your catcher there. So oh, and yeah, Mr. True. Walkathon over there. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's currently not with us. Uh, rest in peace, Yasmani. Hopefully, he'll be he'll be back at some point. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's pretty shocking. Avi is kind of a fan favorite wherever he is. Uh, everyone kind of loves Avi when he's there because of that energy he brings to it. Omar Narvaez, to me, it, every year Avi pops up and is it's pretty good wherever he is. Omar Narvaez being good is just. I don't. No, he was he, awful for the Sox. I just don't awful. sort of understand. He's the guy that when you when you have him on your team in a video game, you turn off unfair <laughs> trades so you can trade him immediately. I I don't understand where he's coming from. But he was I, great last year too. Love yeah. to see it. Yeah, yeah. I love and it. I credit that. I mean, I, I'm biased, of course, but I credit that to uh, the just the clubhouse uh, mentality there. Um, I mean, being, you know, Wisconsin sports fans, we always say we're, we're classic Midwest. We don't get ahead of ourselves. We're humble. We don't brag. You know, we'll, we'll be the first person to say, yeah, we're probably going to lose today. Um, <laughs> you know, but um, you, you saw it in Milwaukee with the Bucks and, and their clubhouse mentality. of just Yes. Congrats, congratulations, Wisconsinite on the Bucks. That's I had a lot to do with it. I had a lot yep. to do with it. I know. Um, you, you're, you're Giannis's uh, right-hand man. <laughs> I think but I do think there's Pat Connaughton when you're playing basketball. Is, this is true. The name you this go is by. true. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we're back to baseball. No, but I do That's think there's something to the Corbin Burns, who yeah. is amazing. Man, and we know he does not walk a lot. Um, so he's going to be pitching strikes and uh, people got to be ready to swing. Um, but if he's on, good luck. I mean, just good luck. You know, and, I mean, and was... <laughs> same thing. Same thing with our lefty who's throwing on Saturday, Carlos Rodon. If he's on, I mean, I just don't know what the Brewers will do with them if they don't hit lefties as well as they hit righties. Rodon is about as nasty of a lefty as the game has to offer right now. Yeah, um, probably the nastiest lefty of of the game at this current time. Who do you think has the edge on Saturday, Jonathan? On Saturday, I'll give it to the Brewers just because it's home. Um, but I think I think it's going to be a rubber match. I'm going to say we win uh, the first one, lose the second one, and um, yeah, third. But one. you just you just said that the Brewers are going to win on Saturday, so you're going for you you reverse. Oh, I was going to lose Sunday. the first one. I'm win sorry. The one. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Uh, Saturday, Saturday. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if the uh, the White Sox squeak that one out. I think it'll be a low scoring game. But I, I bet it'll I agree. be a, a one-run game. Maybe there was a, there was a point preseason where people were talking about the potential for uh, a trade from with the White Sox and Brewers before we knew the Brewers were going to be this good. Uh, that would have brought Corbin Burns to the White Sox and sent Cody Hoyer 
and uh, someone else, I'm sure, to the Brewers. And a lot of White Sox fans said, no, that's not enough. And now um, we are eating dirt every single day because Cody Hoyer is pitching like he's actually on a Little League team. And uh, Corbin Burns is is elite. So let's get to Sunday before we run out of time here. Where we are Lance Lynn versus Brandon Woodruff. Wow, it it just keeps going. <laughs> oh, the pitching duel! Oh my gosh, Woodruff be- who has become one of the most fun pitchers to watch in baseball. Lance Lynn, who is the bully of Major League Baseball in the best way, signed a huge extension with the White Sox, uh, which we haven't mentioned yet at this point. And he's he's with us. He loves playing for the White Sox. This is going to be a hell of a game on Sunday, too. And, and he's one of the most efficient pitchers, too, isn't he? I mean, he pitches the shortest games. He's and he's a workhorse. He's yeah. a workhorse. He throws so, – he goes deep. He goes he, hard. He can can have a tendency to throw too many pitches okay. uh, and, and be over the 100 mark by early in the sixth inning. So the, that would be probably the biggest weakness, but there aren't many weaknesses to him. This is the ESPN Sunday night game. Yeah, this is the kind of game my wife uh, hates to watch because no one will be hitting and I will be glued to the TV <laughs> going, isn't this amazing? Everything that's happened, look at it. No one's hitting. <laughs> well, I think I think we're going to see I think we're going to see balls in play on yes. Sunday. I think we're yes. going to see balls in play. I think Saturday's going to be our uh, our strikeouts. Our three true outcomes game <laughs> of, yeah. of strikeout, home run, walk. Uh, and probably not walks. So it might be a two true outcomes game. Whereas Sunday, I think, is going to be uh, our game where we're going to see whose defense comes ready to, to shine. Because I do think the White Sox will put the ball in play against Woodruff. I yeah. also think that the Brewers will put the ball in play against Lance Lynn. Um, so it will. This, this whole matchup is just – the whole weekend is going to offer us three very different games too which yeah. is what's so exciting i mean we could see we could see a very high scoring game i don't know that we will uh but then we could see a couple of zero zeros late in the game some one one to one games going into late innings uh or on the opposite side we could see three 15 to 14 games <laughs> that are just a disaster that destroy both teams bullpens and then lead us uh on a full decline into both teams not making the playoffs. But let that that one feels dramatic. <laughs> We're almost out of time. But bullpen, bullpen question. Josh Hader for, for Milwaukee has been unbelievable. Yeah. Little sense to even walk up to the plate because you're going to strike out and walk back. It looked to me just looking at stats because I've not seen any Brewers games that the secret to success for the White Sox will be at some point between when the starters leave the game and when Hader comes in, it didn't look like those intermediate bullpen guys for the Brewers were very impressive. No, no. I mean, we, we have one or two that are, you know, uh, dependable and really good, but that's where we've lost games. You know, I'm like on Sunday, I think probably the second time through the lineup against Lance Lynn, we'll start to see some hits. That's where the Brewers, I mean, they are studious when it comes to batting. And they will watch a pitcher, learn what he does. Next time up, they'll they'll get on base somehow. Um, but if we take a lead and uh, we don't have our starting pitcher go late into the game, that's when you hold your breath. You and, and, and what's exciting about that is it's the exact same case on the south side. Um, 
you know, we're, we're in a very similar boat when it comes to that. If our starters are leaving in the fifth, we're yeah. in deep doo-doo because that, that gives us three innings we got to cover to get to Liam Hendricks. And right now, we do not have guys other than Kopech who are, who are really oh. getting, getting that done, and he can't pitch three days in a row. Um, uh, so Tron's prediction, Jonathan, we call him Tron around, uh, around the, the ale house. Uh, he's, he's going to go with a, a split series for the yep. first two days with the Brewers. Two one Brewers it. taking it. Two one Brewers. Geezer, what do you got? Well, I think you know, we have to, we can't let that go. <laughs> I, I don't think by it, I, there's any chance the Sox sweep. I think it's going to be two one Sox. I think probably, Maybe winning games one and two and losing three. Oh, okay. And I am going to be correct when I say sweep city, baby. We're walking into Milwaukee <laughs> and we're walking out with three dubs. We're going to humiliate the crew so much that they don't lose another game in the NL Central for the rest of the year. And uh, they beat the Cubs into a, an, an oblivion of embarrassment. Uh, that is all the time we have today for sharing socks. Thank you so much, Jonathan, our, our Cheesehead correspondent. Uh, thank you for me and the geezer for tuning in. Uh, and we will see you next time on Sharing Socks.